0: Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glawacki, Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. On this week's podcast, Mark DiPietro joins us from the Charlotte area in Mooresville, North Carolina, where he is CEO and managing partner of the home tech integration firm Sound Vision. Mark has been involved in the consumer electronics business since the late 80s. Starting in car stereo, he was a product specialist for Kenwood, a manufacturer's rep for multiple lines in multiple states, before starting his own business. With SoundVision, he is responsible for day-to-day operations as well as financially overseeing the company. In a recent article at ResTechToday.com, we wrote about SoundVision's new 3,000-square-foot technology showroom and it's backbone, enterprise-grade network that ensures reliability for the Wi-Fi-connected control system, remotes, TVs, lighting, surveillance cameras, doorbells, window shades, you know, all the fun tech gear that we talk about on this podcast. It also has a really cool, top-notch podcast studio. And that might have been the very reason why I reached out to Mark initially, because I thought, this guy has a podcast studio. We need to have him on the podcast. Mark DePietro, thanks for joining us today on your podcast studio.
1: Oh, thanks, Jeremy. And actually, I guess we're done. Like I you just did so.
0: everything. That's it. I got you yeah, <laughs> know I I covered the whole thing and, and and we've got the studio. Yeah, so cool setup there. Good acoustics. We've we've got uh, a guest who's not in an echoey room. Uh, I think it this is not is, echoey. Yeah, this is a nice start um, and a rarity. So uh, uh, I, I really, you know, I, I we did the little article. Um, you, you you have a lot of snap one gear control 4 type stuff in there it, it, that that company does love to support a new showroom project um, how did how did your new showroom come together was this something that's been in the works for a while
1: it's and first Jeremy thanks for having me really really sure appreciate the, the opportunity uh, it, it has been for a very long time uh, the kind of the the backstory uh, I'll keep it short but the backstory is we we started in my apartment uh, back in 2010 and I I had a business before then. And there's, there's some good stories about how that was lost and that's restarted over and, but literally started in an apartment and one of the extra bedrooms was my warehouse. And then we, my wife and I bought a foreclosure and we uh, we moved into that and the business was in this little 1800 square foot house and it was in part of the garage and we bought a bigger house and it was still in the garage. Uh, and then moved to a, a, a space about 2,000 square feet that was 10 people and warehouse it was we were bulging at the side so when we got the opportunity to move into this space about a year and a half ago we really we like the term experience center and we use that term specifically because it's really designed about possibilities uh, it's, it's really here to sort of show what can be done and what Things are out there that maybe people don't know about, whether that's lighting fixtures or shading opportunities, or you mentioned enterprise grade networks. We have a, a theater, all that kind of stuff, that that people come in and they go, "Wow, I didn't even know this this really existed." So,
0: well, and and so tell us a little bit about the area that you're in. You're in Charlotte, but you're specifically, it looks like in the Lake Norman area. Um, yeah, you're
1: exactly right. Yeah that's so, right. So yeah,
0: I I am not that familiar other than I saw that in something that was posted about you and I wanted to know what that meant and I looked it up and it looks beautiful nice like community. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, other than that right. is it a pretty nice uh, affluent kind of community where you've got a lot of your clients?
1: So we're actually about 35 minutes north of Charlotte. Okay. Uh and and the the majority of our business is not in Charlotte. We, we do go down there, uh, of course, for, for clients. But the Lake Norman area is, if you're a NASCAR fan, Mooresville is very well known. It's where a lot of the NASCAR teams are. If you're not a NASCAR fan, you've probably never heard of us. But uh, yeah, Lake Norman is a beautiful area. Uh, it encompasses Huntersville and Davidson. You might know about Davidson College. They were just in the oh, yeah, sure. NCAA tournament. That's, that's Davidson College. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cornelius. And, and Mooresville is the kind of the crux of it. Uh, and then there's the other side of the lake as well. But yeah, so that's where we are about 35 minutes north of Charlotte.
0: And prior to this showroom, you didn't really have uh, an experience in our space. You, you just kind of had to take a potential client maybe to a willing prior client to show what looks, what things look we, like. Or...
1: We did that for years, Jeremy. We, we had a <laughs> number of clients that we, and we've always had this sort of gift, um, mentality with with customers so at the end of projects we we've been giving gifts for years and if you want to go into that we can but so we one of the one of the ways that started was showing theaters uh or systems that were that were similar to clients that we were working with with folks that we already had worked with testimonials if you will and uh, so we did that a lot and then as i'm sure a lot of smaller integrators do we outfitted my home uh, and so we had various systems. I had a full Savant system at one time, then control four, and we would show new technologies in there. Cause I was a, I was a geek and I would, I would go in and, you know, mess around and get, do whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we would bring people, uh, that way as well. But this is much, much better. <laughs> this is <laughs> much, much better.
0: Yeah. So, um, I guess you could take us through a little bit of the space and then we can start sure. talking kind of your career path, but, um, 3000 square feet. And y- you definitely have that, uh, that entertainment space I saw in there. It looks like a theater. Um, and, and can you just kind of walk us through what, what it's like as you come through the door and then, uh, the different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when you come in, it's a, it's a rather traditional living room on one side. And in that space, we show a number of different systems. We show uh, like a frame TV with uh, with a soundbar. So kind of a, a simple soundbar and a sub, simple system. And then we have a one system that we can switch on there. We also have some high-end two-channel audio in that space. So we're both B&W and Matt, uh, Martin Logan dealers nice. as well. So so we show some, uh, some high-end audio in that space. Right next to it, we've got a space that is uh, really cool. It's looks like you're walking out on your lanai uh, or on your deck. Mm -hmm. And we actually went to a customer's home and we had a professional photographer take a hundred to take shots. And it was 140 pictures stitched together to make this mural on the wall that is literally overlooking his pool and then the dock and then the lake. So it looks like you're standing looking at the lake and we show a bunch of different outdoor uh, options, whether that's audio and video, as well as lighting. So every fixture in our facility is, with the exception of a few decorative fixtures, um, are not only controlled by us, but also uh, they're designed to, uh, specifically to take, in, uh, take into uh, consideration color temperature and whatnot. So, yeah, so that's that's the front. If I don't know if you want to pause there, but I can keep going.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, let me, before we move on to the other parts, so lighting. Um, it's a category that I ask everyone about on the podcast and some folks are farther along than others. How long have you been doing lighting fixtures?
1: We floundered, we've been doing it, I would say three years. Okay. Uh, but I would also say for a year and a half to two of those three years, we really floundered in it. We tried, we, we failed, we did different things. We're trying to learn exactly how it worked and how to, how to sell it and how to, um, to pitch it to folks uh, to be successful, how to get in that other budget category. It's mm. not the audio video, but it has nothing to do with the audio video budget. Uh, and it took a long time. We, this year, this calendar year, uh, or excuse me, this um, this 12 month year, uh, have really done a lot with it. It's, it's exploded. Um, what was the breakthrough? We, we had three projects that we thought we were going to get. And we didn't get any of them. And I think it was really the skinning the knees and just learning how to talk to builders, how to talk to the electricians, how to um, get the customers involved. Uh, The breakthrough was getting the first one, but I think it was really the three that we didn't get. Uh, we had worked with David Werfel at Light like, Can Help You, and I don't know how, how yeah. you know David. And, yeah, and his I know team. him
0: well, and he, he's a very—I I know you're a ProSource member, so that yeah, probably is your connection there. He's—I've been to several of his sessions, and, and I know his company has just been great as far as en- embracing the CI channel and and being a lighting designer by trade. I went to the the lighting. Um, Palooza event that was yeah. technically an HTS started as an HTSA thing, but it opened to everybody. So there was a blend of folks there, but he was at, at that as well. Um, and, and just an easy guy to listen to seems like <laughs> really good advisor on this stuff.
1: <laughs> well, David and Mark have been, have been very instrumental and they're, they're good friends now. And I hope he doesn't mind me saying, you know, he's learned also. So in those three presentations, it was kind of back when he was still starting with pro source and, Starting to learn how to talk hmm. to you know builder because it was new to him too really not the lighting oh, design yeah. part but the whole sale of it in um, from our point of view and yeah. so I, I think I think we helped each other a little bit on on those um, but now the, the enormous part of the breakthrough because you asked what the breakthrough was yeah the enormous part of the breakthrough is this experience center because when people come in and see it. It's kind of like when you when you uh, are talking about lighting control, which we've all done for you know for years and years and years, and you and you tell them scenes, yeah, and you know what a scene is, you know, and it's the entertain scene, it's the cooking scene, it's the bedtime scene, whatever scene it is, they don't really get what a scene is, <laughs> and then when you show them what a scene is, and you show them one button replaces those six or eight, uh, you know, switches that are in the kitchen that you've lived in the house for ten years, you still don't know what the third switch does, right? <laughs> you just turn them all on. Mm-hmm. And, it, and you show them, hey, you know, not only do you have certain lights coming on at certain times at different intensities, at different speeds, but now you can show different color too, different mm-hmm. color temperatures. So that's a control part of it, right? Well, now when you actually see whether it's a warm dim or whether you show them, hey, what is the difference in 3000 Kelvin versus 1800? And what is it like to be in the middle of the day and have task lighting versus at night when you want it warmer and more comfortable? man, when people see that, they just, they go, Oh, I totally get it. It's so, a, you know, it's an aha moment.
0: Yeah. And so that's and, a huge part of breakthrough. Right. And, uh, you know, I know from, from the standpoint of the custom integrator, why, uh, the why, as we talk about in things, in sure. these days. Uh, it's part of it is just the, who knows what's going to happen with entertainment technology in the home and and the, commodification of it the diy aspect of it (laughs) great word yeah to have like a thing that is more sort of um stable it's a structural thing it's part of the building process this lighting category Um, but it it also lighting control is still a very strong category but with led lighting you're you're having difficult you know communication between the the dimming and the actual fixture so to be able to control that whole can that whole category without having yeah, inconsistencies right. and flicker and things like that. So that, that makes sense from your standpoint, from the client standpoint, it is about performance and telling them, Hey, there's all this way to make your home just more comfortable because the, te- the, the incandescent lights aren't there anymore. They're not going to be warm They're unless you do extra work to get, you know, better technology in there. You're going to feel like you're an operating uh room or something like that sometimes or just blue well you
1: know the the success sort of breeds success too so when you when you've sold one and you and you actually put it in and you see how it works and then you have some clients and they come in and they see how this works then when you go and you're sitting with a builder we just did this last week we were sitting with a builder and we had an architect in the meeting just coincidentally and the builder was actually the, the customer actually brought up some different lighting design and the builder was, was talking and literally did not know what they were talking about. They were just saying the wrong things. And so our team was kind of sitting there, sitting there sort of biding their time and and uh, said, you know, we, we do this and, and we can kind of show you. If you come to our Experience Center, we can show this to you. And by the way, Mr. Architect, we do the design for you. Like We'll help you put the design so that you can provide it to your customers. We've even gone as far as to say, because of this whole category, not only lighting design, but also shades falls into this too. And you could do even security could fall into it as well. But we can actually go on a job where we don't do any audio video. There's a whole nother AV integrator there. We're doing the lighting design or the shades, you know, for somebody. Uh, we're a Palladium Lutron dealer, which is not, the, you know, not the common thing. Yeah. So maybe someone needs the, the, the higher grade of shades and that's all we do. Hmm. We're cool with that that's all right
0: yeah now uh one of the the hiccups or the concerns was what what about the electrician who you know has a certain dollar amount that they're going to get out of putting holes in the ceiling and uh wiring everything up so uh i i know the argument on how or the discussion of how that can be broached um, and equitable for everyone involved but how have you experienced that Electrical side of things, as far as where do they get their feathers ruffled with you doing lighting at this point? So,
1: Jeremy, we've had successes and failures with it. Okay, uh, we've we've had um, actually big ones of both. And what we find, and, and I just have this as sort of a general philosophy uh, that proactive is much better than reactive. And so we've we've um, we've partnered with some electricians that we know are. Uh, progressive enough. They don't necessarily want to get into fixture sales per se. I mean, I know they are selling cans and that sort of thing, but they don't want to get into fixture sales, but they understand the benefit of it. And we've told them how we're going to support them. We do a lot of documentation. We do the drawings, we do the takeoffs. We do, I mean, they, we basically give them all the skins on, on exactly what they need to, to do. So to make it as plug and play as possible. And then we're there in all the meetings so they're not on their own. Mm. Now, in some cases, guys are like, you know, no, I'm not going to do that. Or they throw out a real high number, kind of the whatever factor you want to call it, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, the pain in the butt factor uh, for them to do it. And again, we've had that. But when we've had success and we've done one, then all of a sudden, again, it becomes easier because the next time the electrician is like, hey, these guys aren't going to leave me out on a lurch. They're, they're actually going to be there. We've actually even taken some of our good electricians and brought them to some of the builders as well and married those guys together and said, look, here's a quality electrician that does really high quality work. Oh, and by the way, if your customer wants to put in $40,000 in fixture instead of four, oh, and you're marking that up, by the way, um, this guy is really, you know, will work with us to do that. So we try to make it win, win, win for everybody.
0: Well, we will continue our conversation with Mark DiPietro after the break. Do you want superior smart home automation at a great value? Shelly Wi-Fi relays by Ultraco Robotics cover DC to line voltage, allowing you to control lights, outlets, appliances, garage doors, pumps, and much more. There are Shelly sensors and power measurement devices to help you measure temperature, humidity, lux, or motion, and electrical consumption from single wire to three phase with neutral. You can use Shelly with a licensed driver for Control 4, Elon, or other premium systems, as well as your customer's existing hub, voice assistant, or any platform that accepts REST, MQTT, or COAP. Shelly can make IoT very easy. Available now at Blackwire, City Electric Supply, and Worthington, or at ShellyUSA.com. Welcome back. We're talking with Mark DiPietro, CEO and Managing Partner at SoundVision in Mooresville, North Carolina. Mark, uh, we were talking lighting. Uh, I do want to continue our virtual tour through your showroom. So um, moving on from, from the, the lighting fixture category and out of the front of the showroom, uh, what would we go into next?
1: Yeah, so, so we have, and I, I guess maybe I should be walking around, but we have a, <laughs> a conference room uh, that we've outfitted with uh, one of the Samsung Flip TVs uh, and, and audio uh, as well in there. And that, again, was an experience thing that we thought we have a lot of customers and I'm sure a lot of other integrators do as well that run businesses that are, or they're working out of their home offices or they're doctors and they need to have a way of communicating with customers and they see your clients and they see these things on TV or they, they know that they're out there. They know they're possible, but they haven't actually worked with them. The flip TV is super cool. We make almost no money on the thing, but, the presentations are really professional with them. You can mark up right on the screen. You can email this stuff off. Uh, the other day we had a client who was so comfortable. As we're doing the presentation, he gets up and takes the pen. And he's like marking stuff on the drawing. It was really cool. Uh, so we use that a lot uh, really to kind of differentiate uh, as well as we're, we just um, we have a customer that bought four of them to do in their uh, in their office space. Cause they thought, wow, this is, this is really cool. Like we need this in our office. space. So we have a conference room. We, uh, we do the the cool little bathroom where we do a a zero light and mirror. And and, uh, we have a little Mm -hmm. kitchen area as well that, that we show. The kitchen's really small. Uh, It's understated. Unlike a lot of the showrooms that I went and saw around the country, which are incredible, gorgeous, beautiful. We just didn't want to accentuate the kitchen stuff. So we show lighting and audio and a touch panel and, and all that kind of stuff, we show various levels, of, not to belabor the lighting point, but we show the toe kick lighting and under cabinet and under counter and yeah. over the cornice molding and all that kind of stuff. So, again, just showing possibilities. We also do a lot of automation. So, to we were talking about scenes a little while ago, mm-hmm. and in the kitchen, we actually have uh, we'll show a, a scene where at my house, we're, we're Italian and we cook and we sing and we get loud. And so my wife likes sort of classic Italian music. So we have a button in there where it is in the cooking scene, it will actually play Italian music like loud and you get the kind of the gist of the idea. So uh, just again, showing possibilities for folks. Uh, We have a, a, a dual theater, uh, our theater is uh, there's an 85 inch uh, television with a, a theory surround system. And then a button press drops a projector, drops a screen uh, uh, and does the uh, has the, uh, the full complement of uh, the origin um, uh, masterpiece theater. So it's it's pretty awesome. And then in the, and then we have a full shade room as well as the podcast room. So I'm in the podcast room now. This was a really small room and originally it was going to be like a mini theater. It was too small. we were trying to do two channel in here, too small. We were going to do a racing simulator. That was really cool. But when we got into talking about podcasting and, and we thought that would, this would really be a cool space where we could highlight our customers, businesses, as well as technologies and stuff. So that's, we've sort of done that. And then we have a full shade room as well. So, People could come in and we have a full complement of Lutron and Hunter Douglas, all the different styles they have, all the books. And there's an amazing amount of books. I don't know how we have that many. There's so many books. We've got a lot of books. Uh, and then an office space in the back. So we literally, we actually have two buildings. There's there's this, which we've been talking about. We also have another uh, 2,800 square feet that is a, a warehouse, uh, engineering room, and full service department. Because uh, we have our own service uh, team as well.
0: Oh, nice. So do you do service plans as well? Um, we do. Oh, that's, that's really pro- progressive. Uh, it, it's been something everyone's talked about how important it is. And so few companies seem to really implement it. So uh, how, how's that?
1: How long you've been doing that? Service. We consider ourselves a service company, period. Okay. We're not an audio video company. We're not an AV integrator. We're not a lighting design company. We're a service company. That is first and foremost. And we've been doing that for about three and a half to four years now. We started with one of the larger companies where we, were, uh, we, we outsourced uh, the, uh, the, the support mm-hmm. for them. And, and, and we had some success with that, okay. but it really didn't work for us. And I had a uh, one of their um, principals was in our office one time, and he and he said, uh, "You know, are you willing to pay somebody to sit here during the day uh, to be able to provide same or next day service?" And I just had this light bulb moment. I said, "You know what? I am, I am." So we've actually structured our service uh, memberships and our service department in a way that we do it all ourselves internally. Uh, we stole best practices and ideas and from, from various folks. And, and we have a system that is nothing incredibly fancy, but it's worked for three years, knock on wood. Uh, we're in the six figures and in, in service contracts Great. and we can respond same or next day for the folks that are, that are paying for it. So, and it's certainly not without challenges. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely has challenges, but um We've worked it out so that our, our team get, makes extra money we have people on call on the weekends and right. that kind of thing and and we've worked out ways that we can incentivize our team to maybe not necessarily be in love with the idea of being on call but they're incentivized enough that it's not an awful thing
0: right right so good for you I mean that's that's a huge accomplishment and uh, and so important I think uh, to keeping clients satisfied and and creating re- recurring revenue and making your business more valuable for when Absolutely. the time comes for you to, to hand off to somebody or retire, you know? So, um, and,
1: I, and I do want to call out, uh, my, very, very little of this is coming out of my brain. Like I'm I'm the guy that's the dumbest guy in the room. <laughs> uh, Michelle Ferlato, who does our, our marketing, uh, has really done the, the vast majority of the service membership uh, back work okay. and, and all the legwork. And the design in here, Zach Simpson, our, our lead designer, has done an enormous amount of work inside the Experience Center. So oh, most of that credit goes to them. I'm just the guy talking.
0: And well, maybe we should have had them on the podcast instead. I agree. Know. Oh, my God. And
1: they're better looking, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. So
0: <laughs> so uh, I, I do like to go back in time a little bit with my podcast guests when I'm having them on for the first time and, and talk about uh, – kind of as you are a kid, what what your interests were. It, it looks like from my little bit of research that you're you're into sports quite a bit growing up. Um, I am, yeah. And w- did you ever anticipate you'd be uh, working in, in, in tech or uh, consumer electronics when you were a kid?
1: Yes, um, we don't have enough time for the whole story because okay. I could go on and on, but I was the kid that couldn't stand the flashing 12 on the VCR. And, okay. My dad, the, the, the very quick story, my dad was a, uh, an executive for Xerox, mm. and it was when the memory writer typewriter came out. The memory writer was the very first typewriter that had a memory in it, had a little kind of like a one-line word processor thing. You could type about 12 or 16 characters or something and, and yeah. erase before it printed. And uh, he was supposed to give a, uh, a sales training to some sales folks, and he had no idea how to work it. My dad loved tech, but he just couldn't get it to work. And so after, I'm like 10 or 12. And after dinner one night, I go down to my sister's room. The thing's sitting there and I'm, I'm playing with it. My dad comes downstairs. He's furious because he's thinking his 10-year-old kid is, you know, breaking <laughs> this $1,000 typewriter at the time. And then he realizes I know how to use it. And he's like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. I'm like, oh, dad, this is amazing. Look at this thing. So basically the sales training was based on a 10-year-old kid's, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, I got into car stereo uh, right out of college or right out of high school. Excuse me. Um, I actually in my high school annual book that you write, you know, where you're going to be and all this stuff. I I had wrote this in there and I didn't see it until 10 years later. I found the book when I was moving one time and I had written down in the book that I wanted to be. I wanted to be working as a rep or um, or product specialist for a company like Kenwood. And I was. Hmm. I was actually working as a rep for Kenwood when I read that and I had not seen it for at least five, seven, eight years. It was really powerful and it really kind of crystallized in my head what you can do if you, if you put your mind to something.
0: Yeah. It's so, like a, it's like your own version of a vision board or something. It, right? Yeah.
1: It's exactly what it was. It's exactly what it was. Yeah. So I do that a lot now. That, <laughs> I do. I have a vision board a lot. now. So
0: That's awesome. So, uh, as you as you went through uh, owning your own business, you said you you had a, a snag there along the way and, and lost a business at some
1: point. Just- I did. So my first company uh, was uh, in this industry. I started in '98, and I I basically saw an infomercial at night on TV, and it was talking about how you could save money doing whatever you loved by creating a business and and then just doing that. And then you would you know you could write off expenses and all this stuff. And I didn't know what any of that was. So I did it. I just like opened a business, and I, I liked AV. I was working for a home builder and, in the Charlotte metro area, and they were having problems in their model homes, uh, just putting audio in. They couldn't find anybody that was reliable. Or, so I said, oh, I'll do it. So I started doing that, and it, it immediately like, took off. Uh, I was a big builder, and they uh, there was just a lot of work. So f- kind of fast forward 10 years to 08, I had built uh, the first company up to about just a little under 2 million. And we had about 15 people. And I'm a finance major, so I understand numbers and I like numbers. Uh, But when 08 happened, I was in this this growth mode and I kept um, thinking, hey, I can just sell more. And I was a classic entrepreneur wearing all the hats. I was doing everything and thought, oh, well, no one can do it as well as me. And, you know, I've got to be in control of everything. I, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and eventually I couldn't. And I had a tremendous, I was leveraged very, very heavily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so kind of went through uh, a, a lot of hardship. I, I had some personal stuff going on at the time too, that, that <laughs> was not, was not good mm-hmm. and ended up losing the company and, um, and essentially lost everything. So at, at the age of 40, I, I told you, I started this company in 2010. This was in 2008. And I moved into a one bedroom apartment. Um, I was like at the bottom back of this apartment complex. Cause I was so ashamed and, and humbled that I'd, I'd screwed up. Um, my dad had died and, mm-hmm. uh, and it was, it was very, very humbling and very um, just, just an awful, really low point. and, I thought like uh, I'm I'm pretty faith filled, uh, and so I, I thought you know why why is this happening to me and and whatnot, and i found that over the years. So I started back up in 2010, uh, and we basically did every we during this we're in the same industry, but we're doing everything differently. Hmm. Uh, I I wear almost well I shouldn't say I don't wear any hats, but. I have folks that are so talented and, and so passionate about what they do. We talk about being in the right seat on the bus all the time. Yeah. And, uh, and now we're not leveraged at all. We have almost no debt. Mm. Um, we're, I, I, I tell my sons all the time when I first started, when I was growing up, I was thinking, how does anybody, you know, afford an automobile without a car payment? Like, I just didn't even understand that. Yeah. Now we have, 10 vehicles and they're all paid off. And uh-huh. I don't understand how like you have a car payment. Now. <laughs> so it's just a different, you know, a different mindset. Uh, but I, I love to share the story now um, because there's so many folks that are out there. And I think especially entrepreneurs that feel like if they fail, it's the end of the world. Right. And I would say that certainly not all, but there's a lot of them that do that yeah. don't make it on their first business or, And it's not because they're not smart and it's not because they're not motivated or passionate or don't work hard. Sometimes things just happen. And, and uh, it is such a great learning experience. Yeah, it was, it really was. And no one, no one expected it. I mean, it's not COVID, but you know, nobody expected that at at the time or certainly weren't, I don't want to say nobody, I was not prepared for it. And, uh, and so, but it's really taught me a lot of lessons And so now I I like to share that with others and and let them know that hey, if you're struggling or if you're you know, if you fail, it's okay. Like it's not the end of the world.
0: So I couldn't make it to ProSource. I went to um, the ASION Unlimited conference, another buying group mm -hmm. this past week. Oh sure. And had a lot of conversations with folks and and it always kind of comes back to some of those same messages about people just being too uh, into their um, role in the company and not being able to kind of keep an eye on the whole thing, like you were just describing, and it goes back to that that book where you know the e myth, like, yeah, <laughs> that we're working on your business, not in your oh, business. Oh yeah, but you know something just popped into my head, which I'm sure wasn't re- revolutionary, but I I realized so many of the folks who have been told for all the years that we've known about this e myth book, you should be working on your business, not in the business they are like kind of the rainmaker of their company. They're like the lead sales guy and taking them out of that role is going to be a hard adjustment for that company. And I thought, what if the idea is to hire the person that's going to work on your business as opposed to you being the guy that does it? Cause maybe that's not what you're good at. You're not the business. You have a finance degree. You, you, you actually can step into that role. Um, and understand the numbers and all that. But some some folks, maybe it's better that, they, that they're that they the, I don't know what that is, the head of sales, but they're also the owner. Uh, I don't yeah. know if that's odd, odd or not, but.
1: No, I, you hit the nail executive. on the head. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. I was actually uh, uh, counseling a, a, a small, a younger business owner that was just starting to hire their first person uh, recently. And it's like, you know, what do I, who do I hire? Like, he was really scared about it. And it's kind of funny now if you hire tons of people. It's funny to think of the first one, but that's exactly right. Like whatever you're good at, if you're good at sales and you you are right, a a lot of companies in our industry started with someone that's really good at sales. They're really that type A personality. They're out there and they're passionate about the business, but they don't know business. Mm -hmm. So in that case, that's the last person they hire. The last person they hire is another salesperson. Yeah. They want to get the, the, whether it's a finance person, you know, a bookkeeper, controller, CFO, whatever, whatever level you need. Or maybe it's an operations person. Yeah. Or maybe it's just simply like a warehouse person that can manage like ordering and checking stuff in and getting, you know, maybe it's an installer, a program, or whatever. For me, it's exactly what you said. The last person I hired was our controller, because I did the finances until about eight months ago. That was the last hat that I had on every day. Hmm was the finance hat. The first one I took off was sales because I met, I met Zach and and he's better at me. He's better than it. He's better at it than me. Right. Uh, I can do it, but it's not my passion. He's incredible at it. So give it to him and get the heck out of his way to support him, right? And then move on to the next thing. Right.
0: Well, um, kudos to you for bouncing back after that, that first, uh, you know, 2008 uh, situation I, that, that had a just really been, uh, a, a low point, depressing point, And, and then just to lick your wounds and say, okay, now let's do this the right way. Um, yeah. and, and, and it wasn't
1: without a lot of support from, from family and friends, uh, that, that, um, it, it takes the village as, as I know, you know, and yeah. it, with kids and with, you know, with your friends too. So, sure.
0: um, yeah. well, I, so here's a question for you. The, um, current situation that we're in uh i I also had conversations at ASEAN about this where things are really good in the business obviously uh, supply chain makes things a little more difficult Mm -hmm. but business is good prices are high (laughs) it's uh everything's expensive right now but you're making money and you know what what goes up must come down there's always going to be that downswing so what kind of thoughts go through your head having gone through 2008 um, however many years ahead that kind of situation might be, it's going to happen, I'm sure. What do you do to prepare for that? Do you diversify somehow? Uh, what do you? What's what kind of makes you feel like you can sleep at night because you know, okay, we're prepared. We've done this before. We're not going to let it happen to us again.
1: I'm never a hundred percent confident that we're prepared because I, I certainly wasn't ready for '08. I certainly wasn't ready to what COVID happened. Uh, fortunately, when COVID happened, I, I had taken some of the hats off. So I was able to come in at 5 a.m. and read the documents on the PPP loans and, oh, yeah. and you know, all that stuff that's talk about working on your business instead of in it. Right. That was that was huge. Uh, but to your point, uh, there's a book that I would recommend to any small business owner. It's called Profit First. It's a guy named Mike Michalowicz. Uh, if you've never heard it, it's a it kind of flips the the profit and loss statement on its head. And it's a it's nothing revolutionary. It's a way of managing money that's very easy, especially for somebody that's not a money person, mm. gives you very concrete and, and direct things to do. A uh, little plug for Mike. But so, yes, uh, I believe in emergency funds for emergency funds for emergency funds. So, <laughs> so we, you know, we've as we've made money over the last year, um, we haven't spent it all. Uh, we've we've invested it. Um, we've done some different. We, we purchased this building, so, uh, okay, so we yep. actually own the building. Um, so we're we're renting it back, basically. Um, but uh, we've we've diversified into different categories, which kind of goes back to our previous conversation. Back in 08, it was pretty much AV, you know, network was was big, but not enormous at the time. Um, you know, now we're doing a lot of commercial grade networks. We're a full security company. We've talked about shades and not only lighting control, but lighting design. We do service. You know, we've talked about, um, we've talked to smaller integrators that are, we're friends with, that we subcontracted with that say, look, if you need help with service, like you can contract it out from us. Hmm. Now, we haven't actually done it yet. It's just a, you know, pie in the sky sort of idea, but we've talked about it. So we're constantly looking for opportunities to diversify but diversify under things that we know as opposed to going out and trying to do something else that we don't know.
0: Yeah. What about commercial? Do you do much of that besides the you mentioned commercial level networks, but do you do commercial installations as well?
1: We do and I and there's a, a number of dealers that do it a lot better than us. Uh, I've got uh, uh, Sean Hansen out and in Colorado is just phenomenal at it. Um and, and Aaron down at Fusion and Greenville is great at it too. And they've been they've both been helping us uh, to improve um, how we do business commercially uh, because there is a a whole nother uh, diversifying there's a whole nother um, business model out there commercially so yeah. we we do a fair amount of commercial they've been the jobs have been large, but they've been less frequent. And yeah. So we're trying to make them more frequent. Um, a lot of people say, like, how much do you business is commercial versus residential? And I always say, well, it depends on if you're talking about dollar volume or if you're talking about number of jobs, because it's two different metrics, yeah. really. So we certainly need to improve it, but we are, we're aiming at it.
0: Yeah, that's what it seems like those two, I don't know if they necessarily always uh, are, are booming at the same time, but they sort of work – as a seesaw back and forth, you know, one yeah. one goes up, one comes down and it's, uh, it's good to be able to switch if you have to into those areas. Um, I think you're right. I, 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 the, the last kind of area that I want to touch on because we've been on for a while and I want I, I want to m- make sure you have time for your 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 rest of your life there uh, sure is uh, I, I heard another, another interview with you um, where you were talking about how, how important it is to have a written process for your company and that that's another <laughs> one it's like kind of it's one of those business boring topics but it's so important and so few companies really have that and we, we, even, we even talked at this conference that I was attending about how bad shadowing is for new employees. You, know, mm. you can't just learn from bad habits and the boss may not even know what you're teaching the person. You know, But to have a process that, that is proven and updated and all of that. So what can you tell us about how important that is for your business?
1: Man, I am so glad you brought that up. That's one of our core values. We have five core values, and, and being process oriented is one of them. The the what we say is if it's something that somebody feels either internally or externally, customer focusing or personnel focusing, there needs to be a written process for it. And so we have a we've had a process manual that we've been working on for probably five or six years now, uh, and we have processes for for everything. And at first, it seems like it's constraining. It seems like it's boxing people in and that's immediately folks kind of tend to think negatively. I think of it more as being free. Um, I, I think of it as, as saying, hey, it's not about the person, it's about the process. And so the way we vet it, it's kind of funny. We, My boys, I, I said um, back when we were in the, the little house and we had the, the garage was the the warehouse. My boys were 14 at the time, kind of like your girl's age. Mm-hmm. And they uh, they were learning how to check-in stuff and what a you know, purchase order was and, a, and a, uh, they would stage stuff. So we wrote the process. And so our, our ever since then, it's been, if you can hand a piece of paper to a 14-year-old and they can read it and they don't have to ask a question and they can complete it, the process is done. Hmm. But if they have to ask a question, the process isn't done. And so that's been the way that we vetted almost everything. That, that we do. It's got to be written like first grade level crayon, not because someone's not smart, because you're interjecting someone into something that they've never done before or they haven't done it the way you want it done. Once right. it, when it's in your head, you're the linchpin like you got to be involved, get it out of your head and then you're freed and they're free to do stuff. You know, another thing that we found is I've had this conversation numerous times where people as they're writing the process think that they're doing that so that you can replace them. As an employee, they think they're writing themselves out of a job so you can hire somebody for less money or less experienced or whatever. And at first it never even dawned on me. And now it's happened numerous times. And I've, I've sat the folks down and I've said, you know what? I need you to free up stuff that anybody can do so that you can do only the stuff that you, that you, you know, you can do. So I need you to be able to think on your, your little section of the business. You know, I need you to be able to, to, uh, if it's billing, Hey, my son's doing the billing right now. He's the one entering the bills. It's it's data entry in QuickBooks. Like anybody can type, right? So I need you like dissecting the P and L and where can we save money or, where you know what product is is more profitable than others, like he can't do that. Both of you can do the bills, but only you can do this. So that way we can elevate people uh, into other other jobs. That's so great. Process is huge, huge.
0: And and I, I can't not ask about these sons of yours who you said are yes are all very close in age. You must have some twin, a couple of twins in there. I,
1: I have twins. They actually turned 19 yesterday. Okay. We were, we were down in Atlanta yesterday. Um, so I have a, a 19 that's going to be 20, two 19s and a 17 that's going to be 18.
0: Okay, great. Well, so, so it seems like you're you're teaching a lot of valuable lessons to these guys. Uh, do you think they want to go into this business at some point, or is it just a stepping <laughs> stone? Uh, n-
1: well, I don't think so. One of them, uh, my oldest, works in the warehouse uh, a couple of days a week. Uh, my second oldest is actually going to do a an internship this summer with us. But th- I think they have different different paths, which is which is fine.
0: Yeah, no, is but fine. this the great experience for them to be able to work for a yeah. family business for a while. Good stories yeah. for, for them. Good lessons. Well, Mark, I really appreciate your time. We, we went over what I expected to talk about. I enjoy listening to your stories and your, your uh, insight. And I hope it's a great 2022 for you the rest of the way.
1: Uh, again, I can't thank you enough, Jeremy. This has been awesome. We had not met before, but it's really been fun and, and just appreciate the time. and Thank you.
0: Mark DiPietro is CEO and Managing Partner at SoundVision in Morrisville, North Carolina. You can learn more about his company at svavnc.com. And that wraps up today's show. If you're new to Residential Tech Talks, please subscribe to the weekly podcast on your preferred platform and consider rating and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Also check out all the latest residential tech news at the magazine's website, RestechToday.com, where you can also subscribe to our bi-monthly print or digital magazine and to our Tuesday and Friday email newsletters. Until next time, please stay safe, stay inspired, and let us know if you have a great story to tell.
1: Residential lighting smart device, smart, or smart, device. Or smart house.